Welcome to The Undergrowth. I'm Marissa. And I'm Aaliyah. And we are on a journey to ignite collective liberation through juicy conversations. We will feature the voices of powerful truth-tellers, visionary artists, movement leaders, and wisdom holders to unveil their journey and share the medicine of their work. This space is an invitation to bring you into deep curiosity and self-reflection as we unpack the conditioning we no longer need to carry. And now, on to today's conversation. We are so happy to have Dre Carnahan, permaculture landscape designer, nonprofit creator, spiritual guide, and entrepreneur. Today, we talk about turning towards ourselves for the healing that needs to happen in the world. We also discuss grieving and letting go of major chapters in our lives that are no longer aligned with who we are, while learning to trust our higher purpose by leaning into the cycles of death and rebirth. <sighs> so we're so happy to have you. It's been quite the journey of, of life in these last you know, couple of weeks with Mercury being in retrograde and we're coming out of it and we're all trying to settle back into the chaos. <laughs> mm, <yep. laughs> mm. But so you and I have known each other for oof, what, eight, eight years or so. Yeah. And yeah. What year are we in? Yeah. Eight yeah. years, I think. <laughs> and it's been quite the journey and, you know, I knowing you for so long and kind of seeing you go through all these different um, stages in your life, you know, you've got quite, quite the story, um, which I, which is the reason why I really wanted to bring you on this podcast. And so I'm just curious if you could kind of just guide us through the story of the journey of how you got here today. Yeah, totally. So, um, I grew up, uh, I don't know, you know, in some ways I feel like I, I never, uh, came to consciousness until I was about 18 or 19. Before that, I was really just going through the motions. Um, I, I didn't know myself. I didn't really have any hobbies that were my own. I went with, you know, what was, uh, you know, told, like, I, I listened to what other people were doing around me and mm -hmm. um, let them kind of guide my life rather than being the driver in my own seat. And so when I went off to college, it was my first exposure to a world outside of my hometown. And um, quickly, I uh, came into a big depression because I realized that my upbringing lacked uh, a lot of healthy qualities that mm -hmm. I needed as an adult. Um, you know, from the beginning, I didn't know how to do laundry. Yeah. Uh, so that was a really basic thing. But then I also realized that um, you know, I had a hard time keeping healthy relationships. I, mm -hmm. um, you know, didn't, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, you know, as most of us are when we get out of high school and we're asked to go to college and make decisions about who we want to be and what kind of careers we want to take on. And I think that was, uh, you know, I, I was like, I'm going to go into business because that's what everybody was doing around me. That's what was going to make me money. Mm -hmm. And that was the priority was, uh, you know, how was I going to provide for myself and make something for myself? And so I thought I was going to go into hotel management. And then I worked at a hotel and realized that I uh, did not want to go into customer service in that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was soul sucking. And, um, and I don't even think I, I realized much of what my soul needed at that point. 
And I just, I, I went into a, a deep, deep depression um, that was also marked with a time period of immense awakening as I was introduced to other types of philosophies, religions. Um, I started to explore meditation and uh, that set me off on wanting to explore the world. So I uh, dropped out of school for a little bit. And um, then when I came back to, uh, I had joined a gap year program. So I uh, traveled with a group of 12 people in India for three months and got to live in ashrams and monasteries and did a lot of service learning work. And that was, um, you know, that, that was, you know, probably like the, the first happy time that I'd ever really had in my life where I realized that I was the creator of my own reality and mm. that the world was my oyster, so to say, and that, you know, I could contribute something of meaning. And I, I think that when I went to India too, I was already thinking that I wanted to be of service to the world. Um, but my idea was that I would go live in a place like India and I would help, you know, save those people, you know, like the white yeah. savior complex, because I didn't know any better. And through mm -hmm. my travels, through that uh, semester, three months in India, and then the seven months I spent right after that backpacking through South America. Um, I lived in Bolivia, Argentina, and Peru. Um, I realized that the work that needed to be done, A, was within myself, and B, at home. And mm -hmm. because the very culture that raised me was one of the ones with the greatest influence on the world mm. um, and the farthest way to go. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that was like really foundational in my mindset change um, to realize that the work that I wanted to do in the world was in the very place that I grew up. It's mm. powerful. It's a powerful message to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that I learned it, you know, at that age. Um, you know, and at, at that time, I also um, was really into discovering my spiritual journey. You know, as I said, I, you know, was in India studying spirituality. And then when I went to South America, I continued that journey by living in a, like a Hare Krishna ashram eco village. Um, which is funny because at the time I don't think I realized how uh, crucial living in an eco village was for my my future and my my interests. Um, you know, because I was so focused, hyper focused on the spiritual side of things. Um, and after the eco village, I went and uh, studied underneath a shaman for some time, and uh, worked with ayahuasca and uh, came up against some. Um, hard truths about belief systems and the type of people we allow into our life and how healers, self-proclaimed healers aren't always what they seem um, and how critical it is to uh, really, um, you know, think about who, who we're allowing to guide us and who we're taking mm -hmm. on as leaders and mentors and what type of uh, effect they can have on our mental states of well-being. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, pretty, pretty crucial at that time. And um, for as much as I was into my spiritual path, um, you know, during that time period, those, you know, maybe four or five years, I, uh, I got my Reiki training up to my, my master's, uh, master healer training. And um yeah, and I just, I, I, because of my experiences in South America, 
I think that I started to close down to my spiritual path a bit. And so when I returned to Portland, I started focusing more on leadership development, outdoor education, and sustainability education. Um, and so my life, you know, these last uh, 14 years have kind of been between that, the pendulum swing of uh, outdoor education, sustainable education, and spirituality. And uh, right now, I'm actually more on the, the side of the sustainability education again, but looking at the ways that I, you know, integrate those within my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And so to, to continue that journey, um, when I was 26, um, well, actually, I guess like 24 is when I graduated with my undergrad from Portland State in social sciences with a minor in civic leadership. And um, I met my ex and I spent um, another, you know, five years delving into outdoor education and uh, leadership development, worked a ton of jobs um, and they were all really amazing and, and helped me to understand environmental conservation and group facilitation, um, you know, native, native plant species, which uh, I use a lot now, which kind of goes with the conservation side. And towards the end of that time period with my ex, I, I just was, I was miserable and I had been miserable for a really long time, but I wouldn't allow myself to acknowledge it. And so mm-hmm. I ended up, um, well, I was actually engaged and I was pregnant and I was planning on being a mother and had, you know, a great house. I was building my gardens and had all my, my chickens and, um, you know, I was building up a lot of my interests around me, but I was also distracting myself from the fact that I was in a relationship that did not feed me. And every day it was, uh, you know, I was living a lie. And so after my miscarriage, very shortly after that, Um, I realized that I needed to leave my fiance and that was coupled with uh, getting reintroduced to my mentor who taught me Reiki years before. And so I started working with her in a, um, like a bi-weekly intensive mentorship around uh, shamanic journey and looking at somatic healing, uh, dream work, uh, working with energies and it really expanded my mind to uh, our self-care and for those who are extra empathetic you know how do we protect ourselves and keep ourselves grounded um, on this crazy journey that is life because I, I guess I didn't realize that I was so sensitive and that I needed that extra support and after starting to work with her it just opened uh, the door is not only to my own awareness, but my awareness to work with other people. And so that started my journey doing uh, integrative soul sessions and um, a lot of community healing events. And uh, it was it was a magical time period in my life and really just it felt um, explosive, super explosive. Um, but it didn't last. <laughs> and uh the pendulum swung again and, and pushed me into deeper healing work. And so I, I took time to travel again. And I walked El Camino de Santiago a couple of years ago because that pilgrimage was um, on my list for a long time. And I wanted that spiritual journey for myself. And then I came home. And, and since then, I had been ready to put my roots down in a deeper way than I have in a really, really long time. And it's, it's felt really good relearning this person who I am today. 
Wow. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm making a lot of faces and a lot of mind explosion uh, gestures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to give everybody a good visual. I'm like absolutely stunned and impressed by the amount of places that you just brought us um, in your articulation of your journey so far. And wow, 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 wow. I, I love the layering of, of all these phases that seem to happen um, of things being born and then living them out and then they die and it's like yeah, almost yeah. Like different <laughs> genuine chapters of our lives and I think I was really struck by um this chapter that you were sharing about um this fiance and you were pregnant and you had this house and you had all these chickens and it was like and you said I was living a lie and like, I think that really hit a place in me because I know that for so many people that that story is supposed to be like happiness. It's supposed to be the one it's like for, I think, just like a lot of conditioning, you know, um, and not everybody, not everybody wants that. And some people land there and it is exactly what they want. But hearing you kind of share that version and then having this miscarry miscarriage which was like totally sort of this backwards rebirth like this death and then this birth of you mm -hmm. um I'm just really inspired by I think the strength and the transformation it sounds like happened for you there yeah absolutely yeah and I think um that time period was the most pivotal uh the the, the death and rebirth process has been pronounced in my life um, for as long as I can remember. You know, I think I started grappling with depression when I was about 10 years old. And mm -hmm. so, you know, like going through these um, darker cycles has uh, just, yeah, it's been a uh, very commonplace for me. And so at that point in time, I had to go into my darkness. I think I was in my darkness, you know, through a lot of it of um, just being in a relationship with somebody who didn't necessarily provide me with the type of feedback I needed, um, inspiration. You know, I'm the type of person who always needs to be growing and learning and, and finding meaning in the things that I'm doing. And I think that was the the hardest part of being in that relationship was just recognizing that I was no longer growing. And that's so hard when you love somebody and you're dedicated, um, but you recognize that your, your soul needs a different type of medicine, a different type of environment in order to truly grow and thrive. And, um, you know, and I, I loved myself enough and I, I love myself enough that, you know, I'm willing to make those decisions when they come up of, you know, if a situation isn't right for me, then I, I eventually, even if it takes me a while, I will make mm -hmm. the right decision uh, because it just becomes too desperate of a state to stay where I'm not supposed to be. Wow. Wow. I'm feeling really called. I'd love to hear you talk more about, about that because I think that this is a really, really tender, challenging part for a lot of people is um is letting things die and and I just mm. love what you just said about sort of even if it takes me a while and and sometimes yeah those whiles or days or weeks or months or years of our yeah. lives um yeah. 
and sort of finding the clarity and the strength to make new choices amidst something that's sort of like the shell of what we once loved. And I'm just curious sort of how you found the strength and like, what did you tap into that allowed you to make those choices? Yeah. You know, as I said, I was working with my mentor before I I left my, my ex. And, you know, during that time period, I think I started with recognizing that I needed to do some healing of the inner feminine. And so that's where we started. I, I've always been a, a little bit of a, a tomboy, especially when I was younger and, and through most of my 20s. And um, as I was being called to do this feminine healing work, I did a lot of work in my womb space and looked at these generational issues that I had carried on from those who had come before me and in seeing, you know, the, the trials that plagued, you know, my, my mom and, and my grandmothers, mm-hmm. um, spanning through time and getting to feel it in my body, recognizing that their traumas, you know, they do get passed on. It is, you know, they, they do find homes within ourselves. And this is something that I work on with my clients is that, you know, those memories, whether or not we're conscious of them, they find these, these homes within us. Mm. And it's up to us to go through that darkness and Mm. find them and shine light on them and befriend them and help them to create new stories for themselves that then get to live through us. Mm. And so I think that was the work that I was doing at the time. And I remember there was this shift one day where you know, the, the healing was so potent that I woke up and I was like, I'm going to go buy all new clothes. You know, I wanted like feminine flowy clothes. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to start getting rid of a lot of my more tomboy clothes. And I felt like there was just kind of this like shift in my energy. And, um, so Mm -hmm. I I was starting to notice these changes within myself and within those changes, as I tapped into my divine feminine, I got very excited about, what I was here to do in the world, which Mm. was to help heal, you know, and to, to bring my light and to show a different way to walk a different type of path. And so the stronger that feeling got, the more I lived it and celebrated it and talked about it. And I tried to talk about it with my partner at the time. And it was just crickets every time. Mm. And every time that I, I brought that you know, like the celebration of my soul to him to celebrate with him, you know, thinking Mm -hmm. that he would catch on and want to be part of that journey with me. And -hmm. every time he didn't, it was just devastating. And, you know, like I, Mm -hmm. I remember at some point I did, I think it was like my second or third uh, soul session with somebody. And um, it just was amazing to me because I, I realized I had all these psychic abilities that were so strong and, you know, it was just, I was in my element and I, I came home to tell my partner and he was just like, oh, cool. And just like turned around and walked away. Mm-hmm. And all this elation I had felt just, it just like fell away. And I went into the bathroom and I cried on the floor for hours, realizing that I needed to leave him soon. And it reminded me of a uh, eat, pray, love. Cause there's that chapter there at the beginning of the book where she knows that she has to leave her partner and she spends all night crying 
knowing that it needs to happen. And I think when I read that book when I was younger, I knew eventually I'd have that moment too. Mm-hmm. And it was like a foreshadowing that I'd have to to experience that type of pain. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was freeing to, to know that I had finally arrived there because I think I knew that it was going to happen from the very beginning of the relationship, you know, those four and a half years before. And I never let myself acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I just lived with that fear inside of me that eventually I'd have to leave this person I loved because he wasn't the right one. Mm-hmm. So eventually the day came and a door opened and I took it and, you know, Mm. I I took a step that I knew that if I took that step, I would never be able to turn back. Mm. And it felt really good at first. And then it was terrifying. And it was the most painful thing that I'd ever (laughs) gone through, you know, where it was like, there wasn't any way to go back. All Mm. I could do is move forward. And, you know, there was nights that I'd wake up and uh, go puke, you know, like I, I just, I would wake up to this nightmare that was my life because I had left everything that I had known and I was so scared and yeah, I just, I would be so sick to my stomach that I'd have to go and vomit realizing that this was my life now. And I had to just walk through that fear for a really long time and plant those seeds within myself. Um, I think through my relationship with Um, my spiritual side with, you know, the divine, with the universe that I was being taken care of, that Mm -hmm. I was on the right path, that everything was happening as it needed to, and that there was a much bigger, better, more expansive path in the future for me. And so it just took a lot lot of faith and Mm -hmm. a lot of prayer and a lot of meditation and a lot of surrounding myself with people who also were on that healing journey and held me in my pain and my openness of, you know, whoever I wanted to be that day, which sometimes, especially there at the beginning, I just started my master's program in sustainability education. And I'm pretty sure for like that first two semesters, at least the first semester, um, I, I was just like a, a waterfall. Like I couldn't, keep from crying and I'd go to class and just like cry at random times and have to leave. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I just, I felt like the, the weight of my pain was just so heavy. And it's interesting because as time goes by, I find that even though, you know, I've, I've transcended, you could say my pain, um, I, I hold it in a different way now, you know, I'm much easier to come to those tears or to feel somebody else's pain. And I I do think that it's, it made me a better healer for myself as well as holding space for others because I can tap into Mm. those places within, you know, when I do my sessions with clients, my eyes are closed and their eyes are closed and will just like touch in a, a spot within their energy field and I'll start crying. And I realize they're crying too. And we're crying together and maybe no words have even been spoken, but mm-hmm. I just feel the pain that is coming off of them so deeply. Mm-hmm. And so it's this like beautiful medicine that I think has made me so much more human of, of having to go through those super painful times in my own life. Mm. Wow. You know, as you were telling this, this part of your story, I was, I was remembering, I was remembering 
being on the phone with you some nights you'd you'd text me or call me and be like I just need to talk to somebody and you'd be in your back patio at that house and just you know crying about the relationship and processing and something that I remember when you were talking about how you're really tapping into your your divine feminine energy <clears throat> I remember seeing you you were so joyous like your energy was like vibrant. You were like radiating this energy when you had tapped, <clears throat> excuse me, when you had tapped into that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful to like see you shine because I'd known you more on that kind of like darker, more on the edge of your depression, you know, really kind of more in those um, uncomfortable learning phases and those waves. Mm-hmm. But when you really tapped into that, you were just radiating. I remember like going to meet you at a restaurant and you were like, wearing something sexy. And I was like, Ooh, who is this? Yeah. You know? just like, wow. And I think, you know, something in a part of your story is I am curious of like the, the specific tools that you tapped into while you were processing and letting go and all of that struggle that you went to, but the specific tools that you tapped into, can you share? Yeah, absolutely. So Um, I think my biggest thing was just regular grounding. And so for my awareness of my energy field, I use the image of a tree. And that's what I guide all of my Mm -hmm. clients on. So we're always considering our roots that are growing into the earth. We check in with them of how deep are they right now? What is the health of them? Uh, You know, sometimes on the right side or the left side, we'll find a weak spot. Does it need to be pruned away? Do we need to send healing energy to that to that space? Um, what's there for us? And so as we move our roots down into the earth, we call that composted energy up from the the earth herself, her potent medicine, and that comes up, meets in the heart space, and then we have our energy that moves from the heart space into the cosmos. Um, and those are our branches. It's our creativity, our access to you know the divine masculine and so that comes down and both of those two energies the masculine and the feminine the earth and the heavens they meet within us and create this beautiful sphere and so I think I have had to regularly uh, be conscious of what that sphere looks like and how protected it feels what is the quality of my energy within the sphere Um, and so that's my my go-to and then within that, um, you know, there's the the chakra system that I have used as a template of, you know, what is the health of different aspects of my body. And um, during that time period, especially when I was in a lot of pain, it felt like my heart was bursting open with pain. It was like, at times it was like a black hole of despair. And I, uh, had to just spend a lot of time thinking consciously of the energy that moved through my hands and putting that around my heart space and loving myself. And so between, you know, feeling myself pouring energy, loving energy into my heart space, I also would go to positive affirmations of I love myself. I am proud of myself. I am my own best friend. I am those beautiful person I know. I am guided. I am strong. I am secure. And I would just go through all of these things that, I mean, for years, I think, I think I started with positive affirmations when I was 19. And I have 
I don't know, 50 journals or something since that time period. And if you look at my journals for most of, you know, my early 20s, it was all positive affirmations <laughs> because I didn't feel that way about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it was mostly of like, why am I so irresponsible? Why am I a fuck up? Like, why aren't I ever going to get anything right? And then, you know, followed by I am responsible. I am, you know, like uh, learning. I am growing. I am capable and so constantly fighting in the other voice in my head that was, you know, frustrated and putting these new thoughts in. And I did that, you know, meticulously for years, just reprogramming my brain with what I wanted to be feeling and the person that I wanted to be. And so I think that was uh, one of my go-tos, especially if I was feeling down and didn't know what else to think. Um, I would just get out a pen and paper and start writing down all the things that I wanted to bring into my life. So that was a big one for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can go on. I mean, there's, there's so many different (laughs) tools too, you know, like Mm. every situation calls for, you know, something unique. And um, I think that's the beauty of putting together these tool sets for herself of, you know, Mm. what are the tools that work for us Um, you know, it's not going to be the same for every person. Everybody's going to have their little things that, you know, speak Mm. to them and help them to get through and and make the most out of a day. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it was like putting the intention into a cup of tea and just like filling it with love and then Mm -hmm. taking a sip of that tea and allowing that feeling of love to wash through my body Um, Mm. so those are, I think some of those like basic tools, you know, we can move intention wherever we want it to be. Mm. And sometimes it's, you know, picking up a crystal or, um, a stick even, you know, and just being like, okay, I need you to remind me of this energy today. Like I'm going to put the intention into this, that this is going to protect me today. And Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to think about it, you know, so we're like putting our, conscious intention into something so that we can you know like uh, it's almost like delegating to an object (laughs) something we'd like it to do for us so we don't have to continue to think about it Um, Mm. and we can do that with our spaces too you know programming our bedroom our car remembering every time that we enter into those spaces this is my space this is my sacred space Mm. and allowing ourselves to bask in our own divine energy Mm. I love that you're sharing these tools. It's such a beautiful reminder. And there's a couple things that come up for me. Um, I've shared this a little bit um, when Aaliyah interviewed me, but I'm working as an embodiment coach. So that's kind of what I do with my clients is I give them some tools and a lot of it is about calling them into their bodies. It's around movement and meditation and music and mantra and magic. Mm. And what's coming through for me in this moment is, And I don't know if you sort of have gotten this practice. You were talking about blessing spaces, if that comes from like your Reiki lineage and that kind of um, training. But I I find in in a world where it can feel like, oh, well, what's that cup of tea going to do? Or what's that, what, you know, like to sort of down, I just know so many people who sort of downplay it. It's like, well, it's not that big of a deal. And, but knowing that every time I do something just tiny and precious for myself, that I feel the infinite ripple of it, whether I'm creating like an altar on my windowsill 
or I'm lighting a candle, you know, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or taking a walk. It's, it's such a good reminder that it doesn't have to be complicated and we don't have to make it into like a problem or like, I don't know if this is real or loud or do I deserve this or some of the sort of the negative thought patterns that I think get in the way of us making even these small little spaces for ourselves to be cared for by our own being. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, brings up, um, you know, something else that's so important to me, which is, um, you know, the self-care piece of rest and uh, recognizing uh, that I don't always have the energy to do everything. And, you know, whether it's a, a physical ailment or an emotional ailment, uh, there are times that I really, truly need to take a break. And coming from this culture that is focused on hyper productivity and, uh, you know, like the ways that we're supposed to show up, you know, every single day with a smile on our face and the superficiality of professionalism, you know, within the circles that I've moved through, those spaces did not hold my whole self or the whole self of those around me. And it encourages spaces where people wear masks and don't get to really connect on a deeper level. And so I think early on, I started to recognize that I didn't fare well in most business environments, which was very frustrating to me because I really wanted to do good. I wanted to, you know, like uh, feel like a leader and I I wanted people to value what I had to offer, but I just was constantly failing people for one reason or another. And a lot of it was around my energy levels. And um, I'm realizing now, and I'm I'm working through this right now, that I believe I have um, endometriitis, or sorry, endometriosis. And so that has impacted me pretty much my whole life, but I didn't really have a word for it. I was just like, I have really bad periods. And Therefore, I am, you know, like once a month at least, I can't do things uh, like clockwork. I know that I have to stay home. And if Mm -hmm. I don't, there are going to be repercussions, serious repercussions, um, such Mm -hmm. as if I try to push through, I will end up in a panic attack where I can't move my body. And so if I nurture myself and I just stay in bed and listen to what my body's saying, then I can ride through the waves of the pain that's brought to me and um, just be there for myself. And so I think that's taught me a lot about um, listening to your body. And even if, you know, Mm -hmm. you have prior engagements, it's okay to say no, it's okay to reschedule, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like do your best to communicate, but it's, you know, something I try to really lead by example with and encourage those around me to do as well. Mm-hmm. And now that I have my own business, uh, I'm, I'm really trying to build that into the business model mm-hmm. of if you don't feel good, it's okay to stay home. You know, if, you know, if, if part of the job isn't working for you, speak up about it so we can make adjustments. And especially with landscaping, it's a lot of physical labor. Mm. Um, you know, and, and not only physical labor, but, you know, some of the things that we were doing, you know, like does everything align with our values? And if it doesn't, it might mean that we need to adjust the type of work that we're doing, um, because we don't have to do what's expected of us just because that's, you know, what other people are hoping that we're going to do, which I think is just hard for people, um, Mm. because we don't want to let other people down. 
Uh, we want, you know, a lot of us are people pleasers. And to finally be like, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I am always doing my best. And if you don't think I'm doing my best, then that's on you because, you know, that, that's what it is. Unless, you know, I am screwing up and then we can have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I just, I think it's so important to look at rest and look at our cycles as well, because yeah. there's going to be time periods that we need a lot more rest. We need a lot more healing. We're processing a lot more grief. It might mean that you lay in bed for weeks, you know, and then eventually the cycle move through and the sun comes out again and then you participate again in a way that is more fully, completely yourself um, Mm. for taking that time with yourself when it presents itself. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, so beautiful. I, yeah, it means so much to have you name some of these like um, cultural patterns and, and that each one of us as individuals have to sort of say like, F that, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to play into this rhythm that, that doesn't work. That's kind of inhumane. And it is so liberating when each one of us as sort of an individual cell of the whole body starts to sort of be like, no, I'm actually going to take really good care of myself for me and for everybody else, because it's not of service when I show up and I'm exhausted and I'm faking it and I can't actually be present and I'm dissociated from my experience. Yeah, absolutely. Because to, you know, like I think bring your best self forward, it means to spend more time with yourself, to, to know thyself and um, I think in knowing ourselves, it is an act of resistance to mm. the mainstream culture. You know, we are inherently activists when we do listen to ourselves and take that time for rest, recuperation, self-learning. Um, and then that brings mm. me to like the other cycle of, you know, like there is a time to work on self. And there's also um, one of my biggest philosophies that I work by is, uh, to to summarize it, um, first was introduced to me when I read uh, Soil, Soul, and Society by Satish Kumar. And so the idea is that we have our soul that we tend to, the soil, the earth, the environment, and uh, society, so our communities. And I think it's so important as we do our healing work to look at how when we do come back out from those rest periods, um, how do we use that self-work to give back to our environments, the local ecology, and to the people around us? And in doing systemic work as well, which is something I'm really passionate about, Mm. is, you know, we have these ideas of mind, body, and soul, um, but it's very individualistic. It's Mm. just about the one person And so that is why it's so important to make sure that, you know, beyond mind, body and our soul, there's also this deeper soul that radiates through this entire planet and through all of the people around us. And, you know, in a way that um, helps us to be more engaged with the process of uh, evolutionary healing that has to happen on this planet. It means that we have to be actively uh, involved with those around us so that we can work to understand our convoluted histories that have got us to where we are now 
not to sweep them under the rug, but to be even more present for them and open and able to um, hold space for those stories to arise and for us to acknowledge them and then to be more open-minded about what the future might look like for us to have greater solutions that are more encompassing of the whole the whole person, the whole being, the whole environment, recognizing the interconnections that move through all all things, you know, like, and that's why, you know, with the, the work that I'm doing now with my business, the values that the business holds and working towards being a B Corp and giving back to communities in need, having a business that works to educate people and to bring people regenerative systems that they get to interact with in their yards and better understand their environment. You know, it's like, uh, there's this uh, unraveling list of all the ways that the work that I'm doing touches on all these different things that are important to me. And I think that it's important for each person to seek that out in the work that they're bringing to the world of, you know, what is your passion and how are you going to use it to lift up others around you, um, lift up the voices of those who are, are not as heard and make sure that the journey of healing is not self-centered but one that is done in the intention of being of service to the greater good of everyone. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You definitely tapped on so many pieces of really the medicine of the work that you're doing um, in this current moment. And, Mm. you know, something that I recognize with you is that the medicine of the work that you do has really shifted so much, but it's also um, kind of like, stacked on top of each other and just made this like bigger message in a sense, right? You were Mm -hmm. doing a lot more of the work that you were doing was the spirit work and the soul work, um, helping people individually. And, and now you, with that master's degree that you went and you took and the bigger journeys that you've been on, you really have been tapping into community in a deep, deep, deep way. And, And you haven't um, so far mentioned even the non, the nonprofit that you started too, which I'd love Mm -hmm. for, for you to kind of tap on in a sense of like, really one of the big questions that we love asking people is what is the medicine of the work that you're doing? Um, You've really tapped on a lot of it, but is there any more that you can kind of explore with us? Mm -hmm, Definitely. Um, You know, I think um, in the same line of thought, you know, we start with the individual and it radiates outward. So in my one-on-one sessions, which I still do. I still have a, a handful of clients that I work with semi-regularly. And in that work, I am helping to empower that individual to be their best self and to be so aligned that they can be as functional as possible and go out into the world and live a life that makes them so joyous and also you know, helps them to participate in that great unfolding of a new, you know, more holistic world that I think that we're all actively working on right now. And so from that, with um, the work that I do with the business and nonprofit current one and um, the other nonprofit, I think my, my passion for being in part of these organizations is to provide opportunities for people to come together and to share and to collaborate. And I think that power of collaboration is so beautiful because each of us carry our own special magic that 
is whole and complete unto itself and yet requires others in order for it to really shine. We're each this beautiful puzzle piece that clicks in, you know, to these different parts of the communities around us. And when we click in just right, so much magic can happen. And so when we create these spaces for people to grow and to learn with one another, I think it uh, accelerates the process of coming into our, our best selves. Sometimes, you know, it can be a little bit bumpy, you know, like when we work in community, that's when the mirror shines the brightest, where we have to look at ourselves more deeply. We have to look at our, our patterns, uh, who we work well with, who we don't work well with, uh, what types of situations bring out our best, what types of situations don't. And so through those environments, we get to better cultivate a knowledge about ourselves so that we can seek out the spaces where we will do our best work. Um, and I think that's so important about the, the journey of becoming, you know, is that we go through these cycles and we go through, you know, the ups and downs because we're slowly chiseling away at the people that we are deep down inside you know like we're we're not only chiseling away the things that aren't quite us that we don't quite like but we're also growing the muscles the strength of the things that we're really good at and we're building upon those and you know and eventually it's like i don't know i feel like years ago i would just collapse at the slightest thing and you know i just like was emotionally a wreck all the time whereas now I'm much more functional. I don't think I've ever been this functional in my life to do work like I do now. And I'm able to move mountains. Whereas before I just like, it was so hard to, you know, do something really small. And maybe it's because I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. Mm. Um, and, and not sweating the small stuff, the big <laughs> things just tend to unfold, yeah. you know, like they just like, I'm like, oh, I'm doing all these little tiny things that are working out. And then I look up, I'm like, oh yeah, I've done a lot of shit. You know, so, so I guess it goes both ways. It's like, you know, focusing on the, the things that you can do in this moment right now and um, not beating yourself up either if you don't get to everything because over the course of weeks, months, years, eventually you look around and you're like, wow, I've made a substantial contribution to my own life, to the lives of those around me. I, you know, I'm a master in my field in some way or another, and I only get to keep improving. And that is fucking amazing. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Are you inspired <laughs> me? And there's something I want to bring forward. Um, first, I want to shout out powerful women around the world. You mentioned Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gilbert. Hell yeah. You also mentioned another human who I forget, but I'm just like astonished and inspired by the powerful humans out there. And I wanted to bring forward, there's a, a woman, her name's Cher, uh, Perry Chase, and she said something the other day about anxiety and depression. Mm. And it was a little controversial, but she sort of said this thing that anxiety is a sign of misalignment, that mm. our anxieties are the, the tangible outcome of an internal misalignment that we're that the world's asking us to navigate. It's yeah. like, hello, like pay attention to me, pay attention to me. And um and I just think it's so interesting you're talking about sort of like it sounds like being in your power after years of overcoming like really dark challenging chapters that of course 
fed your soul in certain ways and needed to happen. But I'm kind of having this imagery of that when we're in alignment, when we're doing work that we love, like it is a self-sustaining process that that Mm. suddenly you're like, you're doing these things you love and you love them and they're giving you energy and it's feeding other people and it's feeding you. And suddenly like with that kind of cyclical rhythm, we don't, we don't have to fight against our own lives. Like we can feel so fulfilled and suddenly we are moving mountains because we're living our truth and we're living in alignment. And that is deep medicine for this Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, with, um, you know, that idea that you were saying before of like, you know, anxiety as this messenger that is showing us our, our misalignment. I think that, um, that is very valid and it's much more broad and, uh, there's so much more to that than, you know, what might come to mind because, you know, it could be that it's a situation in our lives, a relationship that we're not supposed to be in a job that we're not supposed to be working, uh, a path that we're walking that just isn't ours, but it could also be, you know, things that we're doing, uh, for our, our habits, you know, it's like, we're not stretching enough. We're not eating as well as we could. We're drinking too much. We're, you know, spending too much time on, you know, the computer, our phones. And so there's all these subtle things too, that can contribute to those signals that we feel in our body. And I think that's why it's so hard sometimes to do our healing work as well, because, you know, we, we feel something's wrong and we immediately want to blame the partner or blame the job. Maybe that's part of it. And, you know, there's also that sense of personal responsibility that we have to bring to ourselves of, am I doing the best thing that I can for myself right now? Am I really living in my alignment? Am I treating myself well? Have I loved myself well today? You know, and and once you start really looking at those types of things and start checking them off the list of like, okay, I'm getting into greater alignment here, here, and here, then we have more clarity about the other things in our life, maybe some of those bigger topics that aren't in alignment. And it's not that we're not supposed to be right there at that place in time because, you know, that relationship or the job might be exactly what we need to be learning to prepare us. And I I say might, I think that absolutely it's preparing us for something that we need to know in the future. I've worked probably over 40 jobs in the last, I don't know, 13, 14 years. Um, And some of them I've worked for a month and some of them I've worked for two years. And um, there was always a point in time where I was like, okay, I've learned what I've needed to from this place or this place really doesn't work for me. And then I'd move on to the next thing. And I think that it's such a great example of how that I, you know, move through all those jobs because the job that I have now that I've built for myself, I wouldn't have been able to do hadn't I tried out all those different jobs and me not being able to stay for longer than a month at some of them was not a failure on me. It was not a great fit for mm-hmm. me to be working those jobs. And um, I think that's really important for people to remember that, you know, whatever doesn't work out for you, it, it's not a failure. Um, it is a learning uh, 
curve or, you know, it's like a, a, a step in, in the next direction. You know, we're always moving in this evolutionary secular journey upwards and outwards. You know, we're always expanding bigger and mm. wider, more vibrant through our experiences, even though sometimes we might feel dull or let down or depressed because things aren't happening exactly as we'd like them to. As humans, that's very easy because we don't see the bigger, expansive journey ahead of mm. us. We only see what's right here in front of us, and it's really easy to become fixated on that. Wow. Mm, I love this. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to remember you just um, landed me back in a quote from a book that said, success isn't necessarily what we're going after, but if you get it, it's the alignment of fate and your plans. <laughs> mm, yes, yes, I, I love like, that. Wow, 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 wow. Um, um, Tom Robbins, it's a Tom Robbins mm, book. And yeah, mm. it talks about that success is actually just the universe's plan for you and your supposed plans aligning. And I yeah. thought, <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful sort of like recalibration to remember that there's something so much larger happening and it's very silly for me to take on all the responsibility for certain things like that I thought were supposed to happen or things that I thought I was like needed or places that I thought I was gonna go and it's like it's been such a lesson in letting go and surrendering mm -hmm. to say there's something bigger out there for me and I'm not failing just because the things that I have planned don't happen, yeah. <laughs> which is a real big like social unpacking because there's a lot of stories about like if you work hard enough and you, you have the right vision, like you'll succeed and, and there's just always something larger at play that we can't control. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that too, with the success piece is that, you know, through our maturity, our definition of success is subject to change. It, it needs to, because what we come in uh, through our upbringing as the ideal of success isn't necessarily the type of success that we're meant for. And mm -hmm. it's not meant to say that, you know, we're not good enough for a certain type of success, but maybe more so that we are so perfectly amazing and unique that the type of success that we get is just for us. You know, it's not the type of success that, mm. you know, we're all meant to, to share in on because we're all so unique. And so I think that's been really big for me as well over the years is, you know, I think that I like when I was like 21, my idea was that I wanted to be a hip hop artist. Like I wanted to be a famous rapper. Um, and I had to come to terms with the fact that I'm not a good rapper. <laughs> but you're a great slam poet. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I can do slam poetry. And yes. also, you know, it's like not my claim to fame, mm -hmm. you know, that that's not the success that I'm meant to have in this life. And, and maybe not needing to be known for my success anymore. Cause I think I've also moved from like wanting to be in the spotlight to really wanting to be kind of behind the scenes and even like empowering other people around me. Like I really like seeing other people flourish and giving other people the opportunities to grow in, in their power and, and to like really see that igniting. 
And so I think that's like part of that maturity piece as well as like, I'm not here for just myself. Like I'm here for all these other people and anything that I can do, the people around me can do too. You know, everything that I've learned, I can, I can share and I can teach. I might need to like alter the way that I go about that. Um, but we're all capable of, of growing and taking on new tasks and, and abilities and so yeah, I think that's been really big for me is reprioritizing how I see success and and you know kind of going back to you know the beginning of the story is that you know I uh, when I when I was um, engaged and I had my house and my gardens and my chickens um, and I was going to be a mom you know I, there was a fear in me that I was not meant for that life um, because. You know, like I, I think that we do have this idea that we're supposed to settle down and become mothers, and you know, and that that sounded good to me at the time. Um, but I, I also like I really was afraid that I was going to be doomed to walk the planet for the rest of my life, and that I would never get to put my roots down. Mm-hmm. And I think that I need that for myself. You know, I'm a I'm a tourist lady. Like I like my house and my chickens and. You know, and so it's really cool coming to where I am now because I, you know, have a partner that is like my, 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 my ride or die. You know, we do everything together. We like run a business together and a nonprofit and like he's a musician. So I support him in his music and, you know, like my life is full of laughter and growing and learning constantly. And so I get that I'm getting that thing that I thought maybe I would never have, but the, the layers of it are so much more, oh man, rich. Like the richness of my life is far beyond what I could have imagined, you know, years ago. Like what I had years ago was this like black and white kind of like grayscale life that felt, you know, okay. But now that I've returned with all of my own personal depth and I get to bring that to my relationship and to my land, you know, like all the things that I tried to do and all the energy that I put into that old house where like nothing really got accomplished. Now I put the same amount of effort in and my, my community and my house and everything is just like, they're like blooming. Um, And this way that I think like better reflects my soul and how far I've come. And that is, is really cool to see that, you know, like I, I can ground myself into a sense of place and, um, you know, and that's so important to me too. And something that I teach as, as part of my medicine is, you know, the, the importance of knowing where you live, knowing who's around you, knowing, um, your, your community members, building deep relationships with those types of people, even the people that maybe are different from you, such as your neighbors. Um, and so I've been cultivating that a lot through, you know, our work with, uh, the big tiny village, our nonprofit, where, doing tiny home advocacy and sustainable lifestyle education. And that doesn't just go for all the people in our community that are into those types of things, but also for all of our neighbors who are conservative or, you know, think differently, you know, and it's so important to reach out to community members who you wouldn't necessarily get along with and try to build those relationships because that's where that deeper work happens is when we reach out into Mm -hmm. our communities and show them who we are and invite them in for conversation and um, invite them in to do, you know, their own type of uh, healing work from wherever they are in, in their own, you know, unique perspective. Mm. Wow. Yes. It's so beautiful. 
the the journey that you've been on is so potent and we could sit here and talk for a whole nother hour and just dive <laughs> further deep me and you we, we talk for hours and hours sometimes it's dangerous yeah. <laughs> um, so to kind of wrap up our, our lovely, beautiful conversation that we've been having, I'm just curious if you, mm, just maybe one thing you could tell the younger version of yourself, one message, what you know now, what would you say to her? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so hard. Um, I think it would just be that, like, I love her and she's so perfect mm. as she is. You know, I look back at my younger self and I'm like, you're so cool. You know, like I, I think that I always, you know, I've always just really loved myself and in a way that's not like egotistical, but in a way that like, you know, a mother loves a daughter. Mm-hmm. I've always held that within myself and, you know, and, and maybe I'm just more aware of that now too. Yeah, she was, might, I say she, you know, like she was aware <laughs> of it. Um, I think my younger version was aware of that self-love, but mm-hmm. you know, just that's, that's all it is, you know, cause when I think about what I would say, all I can feel is just this immense, yeah. overwhelming, unconditional love I have for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been so lovely talking with you and connecting and it's been so nice having you on the podcast and I cannot wait to see what you do next you mm. are you you won't stop you yeah. I know there's more there I'm like you're doing so much right now but I know there's more yeah well thank you so much for having me on and getting to explore all of these really wonderful juicy topics because mm. it is my soul's work and you know and I just I love you know the communities and all of the work being done out there in the world that pertains to the subject matter. Mm, yeah, I feel so moved by by your story and your share. And I can feel that the the ripple effect to the people listening. And yeah, thank you for your vulnerability and the depth. And um, we'll make sure to pop any information so that listeners can find you and maybe receive some of your medicine and your magic. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll have a wonderful evening and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Today's episode was sponsored by the people who love and support us in our unfolding. We couldn't do it without them. Deep gratitude to you all, our listeners, for showing up to learn and grow with us. We are honored to be on this journey with you. We'd love to continue connecting. Find us on Instagram at the undergrowth podcast and support this evolving community by donating through Venmo at nurtured-rhythm. Make sure to subscribe to stay in the loop. We can't wait to have you for our next episode.